Hello and welcome back to the weekly podcast. This is episode number three. Okay. Is it three or four? It's four. Episode number four oh, of wait. the weekly. Bo- wait, is it? Hopefully, it's four. Yeah. We're hoping it's episode <laughs> number four of the weekly podcast. Welcome back. Thank you for tuning in. Um, we're available in video and in audio. So um, yeah, let's get started. Okay. So um, an interesting event that happened in the past week was uh, the Dutch embassy closed down in Islamabad due to security threats. That just happened today. Oh, that happened today. Yeah. Well, we might not put the podcast out today, so oh. you should keep that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah. yeah, it happened on the, what's the date today? Um, today is the 12th of November. It happened on the 12th of November. Uh, it's a very important event. I mean, it's a little dangerous because we don't want to be ruining ties with uh, countries from around the world. I, as I think I've said on the podcast before, it's better for Pakistan to maintain good diplomatic ties with most countries in the world because that encourages trade uh, and a good relationship with the country in the EU is always good for Pakistan. Yeah, so I mean, it's quite obvious why um, this has happened. Hmm. Um, there's been several issues with Holland in the past few months or the past few days. Um, the first issue is obviously there was Geert Wilders, who is a very controversial figure from Holland. Hmm. Um, he's the far-right uh, politician in Holland who is quite anti-Islam and he, very, very, he's very, very anti-Islam and he was holding that cartoon competition hmm. um, and thankfully that got cancelled the competition but Wilders loves to like mention all that happened, all that had happened which forced him to cancel the competition so the obviously there were TLP protests and uh, Pakistan also protested on the national international forum mm. um, to get that to uh, just protest about it and mm. um, tell people that this is something wrong which is happening which hurts the sentiments of millions of Muslims yeah but um, I don't think they would have cancelled it because of Pakistan per se because there's a lot of Muslims in Holland and they would have reacted uh, similarly yeah or but, in a violent fashion and they're afraid of that I think which is why they decided to cancel the yeah so the, basically um, a few groups in Pakistan were actually telling putting a bounty on Garrett Wilder's head and encouraging people to kill the blasphemers um, and I think someone actually did get killed as in there was one uh, individual in Holland who went and attacked someone um, I'm not quite sure about this oh, but wow, okay. we'll put up a link to the story okay yeah. on the podcast um, the second issue obviously with this whole Holland thing um, the MC closing down is that uh, the whole Asia baby case um, so a few days ago it was reported that Asia baby had left Pakistan hmm. um, and there was speculation that she was going to Holland. Yeah, and her lawyer had already gone to Holland and held a yeah. press conference there. Exactly. Which exactly. is why there was speculation that she's also going to Holland. Exactly. So, um, obviously, I think because of all of this, there have been a lot of threats to uh, the Dutch embassy in Pakistan. And I'm pretty sure that's what's happened, that the authorities in Pakistan have notified the Dutch embassy that there's threats against you and 
um, it would be and I, I guess because of that they've taken the decision to close down for a few days hmm. so um, I mean it's a it's it's a very negative thing uh, we should have our uh, good good relations with countries like Holland and Europe um, but uh, I guess considering the security situation or threats to them it's the correct move on their part I mean yeah it's understandable it is it is mm. I mean in Islamabad it's not Islam in Pakistan we've had like a few attacks on embassies in yeah or foreign <coughs> diplomats in the last few years especially following September 11th um, so because of that a lot of uh, these embassies have very high security they have like 20 foot walls and barricades and um, police have cordoned off the area in, uh, in Islamabad especially mm. so yeah I mean it's understandable why they've shut down their embassy but we need to like I think as a nation we need to get rid of this uh, or like uh, justifying this uh, especially from a government point of view appeasing basically the people who cause these kinds of security threats hmm. and I think that's a major like part of what has happened here um, we've kind of like mainstreamed a lot of extremist groups yeah and encouraged this sort of behavior where um, I mean it's it's like if you go into the Jared Wilder's case hmm. It's not really representative of the Holland government as such. Yeah. It's just one guy in Holland who's doing all this. I mean, he has quite a bit of support, but yeah. his party did not win the elections. Um, they did finish, I think, second or third place with the Dutch election two years ago. But um, the whole case with Geert Wilder is when protesters behave violently in Pakistan, uh, like the TLP protesters did, this just... Uh, helps people like Geert Wilders because it he, they try to show Pakistan or like Muslims as extremists and then they show this as an example they show people beating cars setting things on fire they show that as an example of Muslims and that's not a good representation of Muslims so what the protesters don't realize is that they're helping the case of the person or the people they're trying to protest against exactly it's, it just creates a very negative image of Pakistan uh, on the international stage and um, obviously that's very discouraging mm. for um, people who want Pakistan to have more a more positive image because obviously we need a more positive image um, the security situation has become a lot better in Pakistan in recent years and we we need to avoid all this negativity and this hostility which a lot of people still tend to hold because of these extremist groups which encourage all of this negativity towards foreigners towards mm. the western world mm. um, we need like more western people coming into Pakistan as part of our tourism industry mm. because there's a lot of potential there for um, sure and because, so just to like have a more positive image of Pakistan I think we need to avoid any sort of this um, events or protests or threats basically hmm. from groups which yeah. discourage which close down embassies and uh, discourage people from coming here yeah uh, speaking of tourism like you brought up um, to encourage tourism 
I feel like uh, the way uh, a way in which tourism is being encouraged now in Pakistan is through vloggers. A lot of vloggers mm-hmm. go on these trips and cover beautiful parts of Pakistan. And it's not just them going to the north anymore, which we all know is very beautiful and everyone should visit. But they explore different parts of Pakistan. Like there's many people covering Balochistan, South Punjab, parts of KPK, Sindh. It's really nice to see, and um, and even foreign vloggers like uh, Eva Zubek, for example. <laughs> have uh, done a lot for, um, in like portraying a positive image of Pakistan. Yeah, I mean, Eva Zubek especially, um, she gained a lot of popularity. She's gained a lot of popularity in the last few months. Yeah. And that was quite in- inadvertently because the uh, NAB chairman took notice of her mm. doing the Kiki challenge on the <laughs> PIA plane. And after that, she's gained like thousands and thousands of followers. Mm. But... Um, I'm not against her. She's doing a, a good job highlighting a positive image of Pakistan. Mm. I mean, she makes very good vlogs. She goes out into the streets and eats street food. And she goes to the north and highlights all the beauty in Pakistan. Mm. Um, and I remember I was watching uh, her Instagram story. Mm. And she she was talking a bit about this. That um, as such foreigners outside Pakistan... They don't really have like a, a foreigner's perspective of Pakistan. Like someone uh, who's from Europe who goes to Pakistan and tells them how it's like in Pakistan, as opposed to like um, Pakistanis doing it themselves. Hmm. So, uh, for example, if a foreigner comes to Pakistan, like Eva Zubek, she shows all the natural beauty, all the good food, and everything. Hmm. That's a lot more encouraging for other foreigners to come into the yeah, country for sure um so it's it's uh, it's like a good service they're giving pakistan these vloggers yeah and uh, i think it it'll work uh, to um better the tourism industry and get more foreigners in obviously hmm. which is important for not just uh not just because we want more tourists and it's it's a very good um, for our economy economy as a whole yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so moving on uh, from a slightly depressing start to something more positive, or or it is it negative? Dep- it wasn't, it wasn't that depressing. That depressing. I mean, I uh, it's just facts. We have to discuss the news, I suppose. Um, but now something a little more lighthearted. We wanted to discuss um, some bad films because I recently saw a bad film yeah. called Tags of Hindustan, and um, it was really bad. There's a lot of hype behind it, and it's made a lot of money. So it's like a box office success, but it was very bad. And it's not something I would expect from Amir Khan, who usually makes very good films. Um, but yeah, it was such a weak film. So I wanted, we, we thought it would be a good idea to talk about some other bad films that we've seen over the years. So what would you like to talk about first? I mean, firstly, uh, obviously you mentioned the Amir Khan film, Thugs of Hindustan. Mm. Um, I haven't seen the film, but I don't really watch many Bollywood films as such. Boo. <laughs> you should watch Bollywood films. You I mean, watch Bollywood films. Watch all films. I've I've actually seen a lot of Amir Khan films, um, and Amir Khan usually produces uh, or is stars in very good films. Hmm. Um, and they always have like a good social message behind them. Yeah. So the last latest Amir Khan film I watched was Dangal, hmm. which was a, yeah excellent. It was a, based on a real story, hmm. true story, and. It it was it was just a very nice film. Um, other than that, uh, I've I've watched uh, like 
you had um, what do you call it there was that movie with the three three or four friends three idiots no 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 yeah three idiots was armor khan too right yeah yeah that was an excellent film <laughs> the as well with three friends no, no, it's th- called three idiots <laughs> <laughs> There was another film as Dil well. Dil Chata Hai. Dil Chata Hai. Ah, I haven't seen that Dil, actually. Ah, Dil Chata Hai, exactly. Mm. Dil Chata Hai was an excellent film. Amazing film. I've heard good things uh, about it. And Three Idiots was an also a very good film. Even better than that, I'd, I'd say. And then uh, there was uh, the other Amir Khan film with, um, what do you call it? The Child. Uh, There's been two. So Secret Superstar was the recent one. No, no, the other one. Uh, the other one was Tare Zameen Par. Tare Zameen Par. That was a very good film mm-hmm. as well. So yeah, so... Ha, so all of these films have very good positive social messages. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I've just highlighted a lot of good films from Amir yeah, Khan. When we were supposed so, to be talking about bad films. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, so his recent film, his most recent film... Is apparently is, is a bad film. Okay. It's yeah. a bad film. His acting is good, but... Um, he even said in an interview recently that this this is one of his films um, that he wanted to do and it doesn't really have a social message and he acknowledges that and that's fine not every movie needs to have a social message behind it but the film is just confused extremely long it's got a weak storyline the characters are not good okay. um, it's just it's, it's a mess it's a really 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 average film. <laughs> well, I guess Amir Khan gets one bad film. That's yeah, I suppose. We can allow that. We can allow a bad film. From I mean, if you, if you go to like um, Pakistani cinema, for example. So, I watched I watched a Pakistani film about two or three years ago. I think it was, um, yeah, two or three years ago. It was called... It was a terrible film. That's why I want to start out with that. It was a terrible film. It was extremely boring. It was just extremely difficult to watch. I don't know how I made it through all of that. Which movie was this? This was Homan Jahan. Okay, I haven't seen that. So I watched uh-huh. Homan Jahan and after watching this film, I just vowed never to watch a Pakistani film again. That's a and terrible attitude. You should is, watch more Pakistani films. It is a terrible attitude. I mean, but it was such a terrible <laughs> film. I just, I'm just basing off all of all Pakistani films based on that. I think Pakistani films have done a lot better in the past few years. Okay. Um, no, but uh, yeah, some Pakistani films are obviously not very good. We're aware of this. We're still developing as an industry. The industry hasn't even like formed properly yet, I feel, because we're still miles behind in tons of things. But um, Bin Roy was critically a success and people loved it as well. Mm. That's a film I didn't enjoy at all. I thought that was terrible. Yeah, people liked Home and John as well, so yeah. you can't really trust people. <laughs> it depends on who's yeah. watching, I suppose. I didn't like Bin Roy, he didn't like Homan Jahan. Um, but there have been good Pakistani films as well in the past few years. Motorcycle Girl is a very good film. Um, Cake is apparently Cake, a very good I've film. heard good things about mm-hmm. haven't seen it, but I've heard things, uh, good things about it. Uske Lava, Tifa in Trouble, despite the controversial star, is a good film. Uh, <laughs> it's a good film, there's more than one person involved in the movie. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, the Pakistani film industry has been doing well. And um, I'm excited about the future of the Pakistani film industry because now we're actually making so many more movies. Yeah, hopefully we can move past the same old two actors who are like 50 or 60 We've got years more actors. Yeah, that's a Bollywood problem. <laughs> We've got, we're promoting younger actors now, so which are, is not yeah. bad. I mean, I don't know anything about the Pakistani cinema. See, this is a problem. You should watch more Pakistani I, I apologize to the Pakistani cinema. <laughs> the Bollywood cinema. I, I apologize to Bollywood and... 
Jollywood or whatever. Jollywood. I wonder if that's Jolly a thing. Woods, yeah. Acha, back to bad films. Acha, one of the worst films I've ever seen in my life um, is a film which came out in 2018, uh, Race 3, Bollywood film. I don't know if you've seen this. No, but I have not. But it's the worst movie I have ever seen in my life. Is that the... It was so bad. It's the third part of the, the Race series. Is that Bollywood. like the Bollywood version of... The Fast and the Furious. Basically, yeah. But the Fast and Furious <laughs> movies are like Oscar winners compared to the race movies. Okay. <laughs> so which is really saying something. Uh, yeah. Because race 3 is dreadful. The acting is so bad and it's got like good, good actors in it. Uh, Salman Khan or like at least accomplished actors who've done things in the past. So Salman Khan, Bobby Deol, and Neil Kapoor, they've all, they've done things in the industry. In the past, but this was such a bad film. Every, every bit of dialogue is so cringy, you want to cry. It's actually that bad. And the action sequences are the most hilarious things you'll ever see in your life. The characters are so weak and terrible. Um, it's just really horrible film. There's a, there's a part where Salman Khan jumps off of... Um, I think that's how he makes his entrance in the film. He jumps in like a squirrel suit off the top of a building. <laughs> and like floats and glides into a room and just um, beats everyone up. Those poor special effects. Really, really bad special effects as well, which is a problem. That's one thing I've noticed is that Bollywood and Lollywood as well, we can't do action very well. Yeah, I remember... Uh, I've never seen a good action film. I remember... In Bollywood or Lollywood. I remember that. the special effects in um, the Shah Rukh Khan film. Uh, main, main Terrible. It's from 2004. Yeah. That's still understandable. <laughs> yeah. 2004 is a long time ago. But uh, no, but still, like, even films now, like Thugs of Hindustan or Thugs of Hindustan, didn't have great CGI. It was a lot of CGI and it wasn't great CGI. Mm. And there's just too much unnecessary stuff that I'm sorry. I'm very passionate about okay. bad action sequences in films. So I will take some time to talk about this. Action is, is something that needs to be done right. When, and when it's not done right, it looks funny. It looks bad. And that's what happens in Bollywood films. If you look at, the, if you notice action sequences in Bollywood films, you'll oftentimes see things that will never, ever happen in real life. Mm -hmm. Like there'll be a, an action hero who'll be like six foot two and will have a bit of a belly, but he'll be doing like backflips. Why is he doing backflips? What is the practical use of that backflip? And then there'll be slow-mo shots of people flying 50 feet there and 50 <laughs> feet there. It's so unnecessary and terrible, it makes my head hurt. Maybe <sighs> it's so terrible that it's good? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was. Like, I just don't understand this. I don't understand why, why they can't do it well. I think it might, be, it might be related to the writing. Or it might be that filmmakers in Bollywood think that this is what audiences like. So they make this stuff on purpose because there's a lot of like good filmmakers that when they go to do action films, make really bad films or do really bad action sequences. Mm. And they've even hired like stunt workers and action directors from Hollywood to help them out. And even then the end product is bad. Like car chases are terrible. Fighting sequences are terrible. People like Abhishek Bachchan who You'll it's never terrible. see that. It's terrible, <laughs> generally. But um, he'll be doing backflips. Why is he doing a backflip? How, in what world is he going to do a backflip? Maybe he wants to do a backflip. Backflip. Yeah, <laughs> no, if he does a backflip, it should be for some purpose. And also, they should try to make it look realistic. Like, how can he do a backflip? It's so unrealistic. 
it's just terrible. Um, oh, that was that was a long rant about uh, action films being bad. Do backflip on that topic. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Um, what else would we like to talk about? Books. You said. Books. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I like books. Um, but yeah so in the problem with the latest generation (laughs) yes yes your senior citizen this is something which um, every every older generation is like my generation gets older we have like problems Mm. with the newer generation and so my the generation previous to mine would say, oh, you guys don't read, you have it easy and whatnot. Um, but I think that it's, it is a problem that the even my generation and the newest generation that people just don't, don't read. Yeah, people just don't read mm. much anymore. Um, I mean, even I don't read as much as I should. But I do read. But how much should you be reading? How much reading is enough reading? I mean, there's no set limit, but I I feel that even if you read like a book a month, that's like the lower limit. Like you should you should <laughs> okay. be reading at least a book a month. Okay. Um, because like. I'll make a mental is, note of that. Yeah, because yeah. reading is something which, I mean, I've tried audiobooks. I've tried other things but just reading the physical words it it just emboldens your imagination it enlivens it if it's a good story it's it's just like you can feel your brain working and i don't know going into another world and uh, those are some very well put together thoughts (laughs) you you probably read a lot (laughs) (laughs) i mean yeah yeah so that's like the beauty of reading books. Uh, you, you like you get to escape from your own world and go into another fantasy world. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, it's it's just a beautiful thing, and it it, I think reading helps people um, learn more about like other cultures, learn about other point of views in the world, learn about um, I don't know just things which they otherwise wouldn't be um, attuned to. Hmm. Um, so, I mean... And just, like, if you're reading non-fiction, a lot of non-fiction books can help you just function better as a human being or just help you out in your daily life. Yeah, yeah. For example, you start a business or something, you read a book related to that, it'll help you out a lot. If you're trying to learn a language, you might be able to... Uh, might be helped by reading a book on that language or something from that culture. Um, but yeah, reading. Reading is good. <laughs> yeah. So like, I I particularly like reading fantasy books. Hmm. Um, so fantasy would be something like Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings. Um, so those types of books. So recently, I've reread uh, one of my favorite books, which is called the King Killer Chronicle series. It's by, so it has two books currently out of three. The third one hasn't been published yet. Mm. The first one was called The Name of the Wind and the second one is called The Wise Man's Fear. So this book basically follows this, um, this uh, basically a hero called Kavot. 
and it's set in like a fantasy world and it just shows it, it's like a mix of um, harry potter and lord of the rings and a bit of game of thrones as well <laughs> nice. so it's, it's like a very it's like all the best fantasy yeah, yeah it, it's a, it has a very nice mix of all of those three things hmm. and it's it's just a it has so many elements uh, um, which you would associate with fantasy books so it has like a unique world with uh, different like it, it takes aspects of our own world and puts them in like a fantasy world hmm. um, it has magic it has like uh, if you go into hogwarts a bit it has like a magic school called the university it has some very dark moments as well um, especially relating to the main character it has like the character in search of answers in search of uh, uh, on a quest to get answers for his um, for what's happened to him in his life it has him overcoming adversity so yeah i mean i like i, I really like those kinds of books hmm. um, and it's it's very difficult to get um, i guess a decent fantasy book these days but the name of the wind and the wise man's fear i would highly recommend um the problem is that these two books came out into 2007 and 2011 and it's been almost eight years and <laughs> the author patrick rothfuss hasn't written the the third book yet, and i'm eagerly awaiting it um, this is the same problem we have in game of thrones what if he dies before writing the he's, new book? he's not that old <laughs> That's a problem Anything with... Anything could happen. <laughs> That's more of a problem with uh, George R. R. Martin, who is who has also not written the latest book for over eight years. Stop procrastinating, authors. Please write your books. Yeah, I mean, the, the, these fantasy authors have some weird ways of uh, writing. They, they use, like, old... 30-year-old keyboards with the tap, 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 and... Do you mean a program. typewriter? No, no, not, not typewriter. Like they, they just use the yeah, physical keyboard. They go, okay. oh, it helps with our writing process. <laughs> we want it. You don't know about the writing process. And I don't know, there was some speculation about George R. R. Martin that he'd written, like, um, a thousand pages for his latest book, but he was using, like, a very old computer, and he asked, it accidentally got deleted. And since it was a very old computer, wow. he just said that to So, I don't know if that's true, but apparently... That sounds terrible. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, um, the message here is reading is good. Reading is good. Oh, by the way, if you are interested in any of the books that he talked about, we will mention them in the description below. Yeah. So do check them out if you are into fantasy. Um, are we done with books? Yeah, I guess we can we'll we'll move those. on to the next topic. Yeah. What was the next topic? What, was was the next what topic? did we want to talk about? We should start writing these things down. <laughs> we should write them. We should be more prepared for this podcast. Um, I think the PSL. We were the PSL, yeah. yes. So, PSL, for those who don't know, is the Pakistan Super League. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's no one who doesn't know that in Pakistan. But anyway... Um, so there's been some interesting developments in the PSL hmm. lately and they continue, continue to be like today as well. Um, so the most drastic of these developments, the uh, most uh, like uh, the major news story is that... Is it Shahid Afridi? 
No, no, not Shahid Afridi, man. We can come to that later, but the Multan Sultan franchise, Multan Sultan's franchise is no more. It's done. It's gone. It's How long been, did the franchise last? It lasted less than a year. Oh, wow. So it participated to Multan Sultan's was the latest six team which came into the PSL. So for the first two seasons, there were only five teams in the PSL. In PSL 3, there were six teams. And Multan Sultans was the sixteen, hmm. and they actually did very well in in the PSL. Um, they got to the knockout stages easily, and I think they lost there. But and Basim Akram was one of their coaches. They had hmm. a very good team. Shoaib Malik is in there. Karen Pollard. But wow. the Sean Group, which owns the Multans and uh, Multan Sultans franchise, they were apparently having a lot of financial difficulties. So and could they just have sold the franchise? Could that have been possible instead no, no, of just like destroying the franchise? No, no, that's that's uh, so. Um, basically, the franchise owed their dues or whatever their hmm. patronage to the PCB, the Pakistan Cricket hmm. Board, and since they weren't paying their dues to the PCB, uh, the PCB they ended their contract. Multan yeah, so we were, yeah we're talking about Multan Sultans is gone now, and. But the PCB has confirmed that there will be a sixth team. Hmm. Um, since this has happened so suddenly, I mean, the draft, I think the PSL draft is just a few weeks away now. And um, because of that, the, the, management, the managers, the current managers of the Multan Sultans and the PCB the, themselves will take part in the draft um, for what is currently called the sixth team. Oh, so, so they don't know where it's going to be from yeah, or what it's it, called? Yeah, no, they don't mm. know. So it's it's currently just called the sixth team, I wow. think. Uh, tender will be issued after the draft mm. and we'll have a new team. And I think that this team will probably be from either Faisalabad or Sialkot. Okay. Um, and the reason for that, I think, is that Sialkot Stallions used to be a very famous, very po- one of the most successful Pakistani T20Ts of all time. Hmm. I think statistically they're like the most successful T20 team ever. Okay, wow. So, and and we have like a thriving business community in Salkot. Hmm. So we could have like a business group from there coming in and buying a PSL franchise. Yeah. Or secondly, I think Faisalabad has a good chance of getting a PSL team. Hmm. Um, again, Faisalabad has a very thriving business community. Um, and I think if one of their one of the major businessmen from there chooses to invest, he'd like a Faisalabad team. Um, I mean, people always love to have speculate about a Kashmir team or something, or maybe a second Lahore team. What about Gilgit Baltistan? They don't have representation in <laughs> the at all in the government. Okay. So I. Still part of Pakistan? They are part of Pakistan. It's sad that they don't have representation. I do wish they'd have representation. <laughs> um, we should do something about that. But, yeah, coming back to cricket, I think Sialkot or Faisalabad mm. will probably get the team. Um, but let's see. Maybe another Lahore team, maybe another Karachi team. But, yeah, that was a major, major uh, news from the PSL. Other than that... Um, Interestingly, the third ODI between Pakistan and New Zealand got washed out. Wow, okay. It rained in Dubai. (laughs) It rained in Dubai and the match got cancelled. And 
Um, we've beaten them 3-0 three, three in the T20 series, but in the ODI series, it got tied 1-1. So, um, it was a, it was like a long time. After a long time, Pakistan actually beat New Zealand in an ODI. Hmm. I think they'd lost 11 consecutive matches before that. So, um, I mean, even in the third match, we were doing pretty well. I think we would have won it, but uh, it got rained out, so what, you, what can you do? But you could play that match again or continue it later. I think the rules for cricket need to be changed. Uh, it's, it's like difficult from like a commercial point of view and whatnot. Cricket as a sport <laughs> is difficult from a commercial <laughs> point of view to sell. I mean, not in Pakistan, not in uh, Pakistan, especially T20s make a lot of money. T20 is an exciting sport, I suppose, huh? I mean, let's not get into this. <laughs> no, the PSL is great. The PSL is fun to watch. It's great. And I think the PSL is going to benefit Pakistan a lot. And we'll see the res- we're seeing the results of the PSL now, like with how well our T20 team is doing. I think it's largely because of the PSL as well. Yeah, There's even- so much new talent that was discovered in the PSL. And that young talent has been playing with world-class players from all over the world because of the PSL. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like if you have a high-quality uh, tournament like this, a big like you have international players coming coming in, uh, big names coming in from around the world. You have mm. it helps like these younger players get adjusted to these high-pressure situations, mm. um, so they they don't have as much trouble as they would have otherwise getting attuned to the international game. Hmm. So, yeah, the PSL has done wonders for the team, basically. Yeah. Um, I think it's helped our ODI team a lot as well. Uh, yeah, so like, we got players like Shadab Khan. Shadab Khan, PSL, yeah. And he helped us win the Champions Trophy. F- Fakhar Zaman as well. Zaman. Um, Hassan Ali hmm. is from the Ruman race. There are a lot of names, Fahim Ashraf. But, yeah, so uh, the, the PSL basically... Trade window and player transfer window is going on these days. Hmm. And there's like speculation about a lot of players. Um, for the Karachi team especially, there's been some speculation that uh, Shahid Afridi might be going to the Lahore team, to the Lahore Kalandars. Okay. So he might be moving on from Karachi Kings to um, Lahore Kalandars. Does Lahore he play Kalandars. for a different team every year? Um, so he, for the first two seasons, he played for the Peshawar Zalmi. Okay. Um, and in the third season, he played for the Karachi Kings. Okay. He got injured in the last season, uh, midway through the la- uh, for the Karachi Kings, midway through the season. Hmm. But uh, he still hasn't won a title. But obviously, he's still a big star. Um, and it would be, I, I mean, Lahore Kalandas is a strange move because... Lahore has been last in all three pieces. Yeah, Lahore Kalandas are a yeah. cursed team. <laughs> they are pretty much a cursed team, but um, Lahore, I mean, they've, what's gone wrong for Lahore Kalandas is that they've gone for the big names for their teams, hmm. but they haven't quite got the combination right for their team. Hmm. So um, there hasn't been like a s- balance to the team. So they'd have like big names who who you'd uh, you'd want to perform you you'd assume they'd perform very well like mm. brendan mccullum um and chris gale in the past but these names really haven't done well mm. um but this happens in a lot of sports teams like you get 
many clubs buy some of the best players for their teams and then when they all get together sometimes they don't gel well together yeah and it doesn't work out like i they, think yeah like in real madrid in the galacticos they I never think, won the champions League. i think a lot of it has to do with the managers of the team mm. um and how they especially in a format like the psl mm. where you have to um, draft the players so um the PSL obviously has a draft system. Um, it's changed through the first three seasons. So it, in the first season, they obviously had a draft. And um, in the second season, they retained some players. In the third season, because Multano's coming in, the teams could only retain five of their players. Mm. And they had to select like a whole new team, basically. Okay. But I think for PSL 4, they can retain 10 players. And the rest go to the draft. So 10 is a healthy number that retains like the core of the team. Hmm. Um, but as I was saying, the managers, it depends a lot on the managers and how they assemble the team. So the managers have to be very knowledgeable about cricket, particularly the, uh, what do you call it, statistics and like how they apply to the T20 game. Hmm. Um, there's a lot of like... Uh, money ball <laughs> type stuff happening mm. there so you'd have to look at like i don't know strike rates and um, strike rates pertaining to the like the first six overs uh, for particular players and uh, i don't know see how they apply to some players who might be overlooked and i think islamabad has done extremely well islamabad united um, with regards to this They've assembled extremely good teams mm. through all three seasons and they've won twice. They've won two yeah. PSLs. Last season, they were by far the best team. I mean, no one was even close and they dominated the league. They got Luke Ranchi in and Ranchi was incredible. And Is he from New Zealand or South Africa? Yeah, yeah he's, a, he's from New Zealand. Mm. I think he's retired now in the international okay. game. But he was like scoring a 50 every match and mm. he was scoring quick runs. And getting Islamabad to quick starts every time. Mm. And um, yeah, so last season Islamabad, which is my team obviously, <laughs> won again. I was lucky enough to be there at the ground in Karachi. And it was, um, yeah, I think they'll do, they have very competent managers at Islamabad. Mm. And I think they'll do well this time as well because of the management. Um, the and because team. Islamabad is the best city out of the other teams involved. Absolutely, so, absolutely. So obviously, <laughs> there's no doubt Islamabad will win again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you put it like that, absolutely. Islamabad All this money won. ball statistics, none of that matters. What it's matters is Islamabad and they win. But <laughs> our, it's because our mascot is also a lion. Uh, I mean, we have, a, we have like a happy looking lion. There's actually two teams with a mascot, with a, which is a lion. Um, so there's Islamabad as a lion as their mascot. And uh, what do you call it? Karachi has a mascot as a lion. That seems like bad planning. Yeah, but the Karachi, the Karachi lion is terrible. It's like an evil looking lion. It's like the scar. <laughs> you know, scars of lion king. So that's why they don't we have... We have Simba, they have scar. <laughs> we have like a beautiful, happy lion. It's like a sunny lion. It reminds me of the sun for some reason. Um, yeah, no, think, but even yeah. the kit, the Islamabad United kit is really nice. I like the colors. Yeah. And yeah. I, I've actually seen the Islamabad United kit being sold in Lahore because, <laughs> because Islamabad is the best. The best team, by far, by far. Um, 
but yeah, so that's been the update of the PSL. Um, it's, uh, I mean... So when does the PSL start? The PSL starts on Valentine's Day. When is Valentine's Day? <laughs> February 14, 2019. Oh, that is PSL4 okay. starts. So PSL4 starts 14th February 2019. Fantastic. And will all the matches be held in Dubai? No, no. The so, UAE rather? So what's been happening in the last few years is that more and more matches have been going to Pakistan. Mm -hmm. So Like last year, I think the semi-finals and the final was yeah, in Pakistan? Yeah. Um, and this year, there'll be like, I think the whole playoff stage all of the playoff stage will be in Pakistan. Hmm. So there's more matches in Pakistan I think, in both Lahore and Karachi. Um, the problem, slight problem is this is that a lot of the, um, what do you call it, the main players won't be there. Uh, won't not, they, like a lot of these um, English players or South African players or okay. Australian players, they refuse to come to Pakistan. But so, I remember many of them did come as well, didn't they? Yeah, so th there was some trouble in um, PSL 2. Hmm. The final was between, uh, what do you call it, Koita and uh, Peshawar. Hmm. So Koita got unlucky in that match in the final because um, their, their main stars did not come. Koita was by far the best team throughout hmm. that tournament. But in the final, their... Um, all of their key players like Kevin Peterson didn't come to Pakistan. Mm. So there was like a redraft and they picked picked like international players who were willing to come to Pakistan. Mm, okay. And those players obviously were not the same quality as say Kevin Peterson. Mm. Um, on the other hand, all the Peshawar Zalmi players did come to Pakistan. So, <laughs> so yeah, so they got lucky wow. in that way. Their captain was, um, what do you call it? Um, can't believe his name is slipping from my mind. Darren Sammy. Darren yeah. Sammy was Peshawar Zalmi's captain. He came to Pakistan. Um, all of their international players actually came to Pakistan and they won that PSL 2 mm. because of that. So yeah, so the slight problem with the PSL 4 is that a lot of these international players might not come to Pakistan. Mm. But I think it's it's a sacrifice we have to make if you want cricket to return to Pakistan. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. I, I'm hoping that a lot of the uh, foreign players do show up to Pakistan. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's important to hold these matches in Pakistan um, from a financial point of view and from like a fan's point of view. I hope the government is uh, hospitable and um, does not say negative things about uh, the cricket players this time like they did before. What? I'm talking about the Prime Minister in particular. Really? Did you, oh, you yeah, 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 yeah. I had completely <laughs> forgotten about that. I had completely forgotten about that. I mean, uh, since I'm a positive person, I'm going to ignore that for now. <laughs> I'm going to ignore that. <laughs> Positivity. That's I'm what we encourage yeah. on this podcast. Yes. So, yeah, let's just ignore that. Um, and let's move on from cricket. Now. Let's move on, to cri move on from cricket. Yeah. Um, we tried out a new location. This is the new location. Uh, let us know if you liked it. Yeah, this um, wasn't our first location. Yeah, we, we, we wanted to do an outdoor shoot, but then we got distracted by Imran Khan's helicopter passing over Banigala. Um, but yeah, again. <laughs> <laughs> but it's only costing us 55 rupees per litre, so we're okay with that. Um, so yeah, so that was a terrible joke. But I'm going to let it slide because I'm a positive person. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that joke was original, um, but uh, no, uh, we're going to try and bring you a podcast from um, 
from from nature next yeah it's going to be an outdoor shoot yeah it'll be Um, lovely yeah yeah. and Um, then in the future we're going to try and guest um have a guest on we're looking to have a guest on either next week or the week after that to hopefully discuss uh the climate and the smog situation uh and we we're going to keep having guests on so just stay tuned subscribe to our youtube channel um follow us on anchor listen to us on all your favorite all and any of your favorite um, audio platform uh, podcast platforms were available on seven so yeah that's that's it from us do you have any final words no i'm good thank you <laughs> you want to end it with i'm good thank you <laughs> it's, it's been a pleasure it's, it's been, been a pleasure, pleasure. Um, so, uh, thank you for tuning in if you did um, we'll see you next week goodbye